0: Welcome to the Steady Hand Podcast. I'm Scott Ronalds, joined as usual with Tom Bradley. Well, it's that time of the quarter again. We've got our quarterly reports in front of us, and we're here to report on what happened over the past three months in the capital markets. It was another strong quarter overall. Equity markets continued where they left off last quarter and posted some strong gains. And the bond markets as well uh, continued to rebound through the summer. So Tom, on that note, why
1: don't I pass it over to you to talk about the income fund. Well, Scott, the income fund was one of the stars of the show for this last quarter and really year-to-date. It was up 7.6% in the quarter. Year-to-date so far, it's up just under 19. And for the 12 months ending September 30th, it was up around 13%. Now, if I had to make a broad-brush statement of why those returns have been so positive, I think it could sum it up by saying that we've moved progressively over the last six months away from the edge of the abyss, clearly, it was only six, seven, eight months ago we were worried about a complete meltdown, banking crisis, all the rest. And as the markets have grown confident, investor sentiments improved, we've seen a couple things happen. One, in the credit markets, we've seen the yields on corporate bonds come down, and that has produced very good returns from corporate bonds. This fund has a, roughly 50% of its, of its assets in corporate bonds, so that's been a big part of the performance. And, of course, that confidence and some sign of economic recovery has led to an equity recovery, as we've talked about already and will in in talking about our equity funds. So uh, the fund has had a really great bounce back. Where are we today? Well, uh, we still think there's pretty good value in the corporate markets. We've made some shift out of bank bonds into insurance bonds. We've also taken a little bit of money off the table on equities. We got up to about 30% through the quarter We've brought that back down to 28, and we may bring it down a little bit more. And that money has been deployed, at least partially, also in the corporate bond market, where we've gone south of the border to acquire some high-yield bonds. So as we go forward, the opportunity set, sure, it's not as good as it was six months ago, but we still think the extra yield you're getting from the fund, which is roughly 2.5% over and above Government of Canada bonds. We think the diversity across Canadian corporates... U.S. high-yield bonds, and then a selection of quality income equities is a good mix to go forward with. We expect and also hope that the returns on this fund aren't as volatile going forward as they were over the last 18 months. In other words, the downs won't be nearly as hard. But the ups won't keep up with what we've just experienced. This was an exceptional period, and a conservative income fund like this being up 19% year-to-date is not something we can expect going forward. So, Scotty, a very good news story on the, uh, the income fund. I'll turn it over to you to start off on the equities. Well, as I touched on at the outset, it was a
0: huge quarter for equities once again. North American markets were up 10 to 15% in general. Actually, all the U.S. indexes, that's the Dow Jones, the S&P 500, and the NASDAQ, reach up more than 15%. The TSX was up 10.5%. And turning to uh, the World Index, the MSCI World Index, that was up eight and a half percent in Canadian dollar terms, and that figure would be much higher in local currency. But a rising loonie impacted that. So overall, a very strong quarter. Speaking of that rising loonie, it was up eight percent on the U.S. dollar and eleven percent on the U.S. or sorry, the British pound, and that impacted the fund's returns as it holds about twenty-five percent of its equities in the U.S. and two of its three overseas holdings are based in the U.K. On to performance, the fund gained 8% in the quarter, and over the past 12 months it's down 3%. Just to look at the bigger picture with this fund, a term we've coined in our new advertising campaign is the UNDEX funds, meaning that our funds look nothing like the index, as we feel this is the best way to beat the market over the long run. And this fund is really case in point. While the Canadian market is focused in resources and banks, the fund takes a much different approach. It focuses on the best that Canada has to offer and looks outside our borders to add growth and balance. So companies like TD Bank, Potash Corp., Research in Motion, Rogers, and Manulife are complemented with foreign businesses like Cisco Systems, Diageo, and IDEX Labs, which you simply can't buy at home. The theme in the portfolio over the past several quarters has been quality. While I hate this term as it's a little overused, it really is the best descriptor of the types of businesses the manager holds. Now these are companies that consistently generate cash rather than producing highly erratic revenue streams, they're not highly leveraged or burdened with debt, and they have a recognizable brand or a leader in their industry. Over the past several months, these are the types of companies that unfortunately have lagged the overall market during the turnaround. But their valuations are cheaper on average, and they're in a good position if a sluggish economic environment makes growth harder to come by. In terms of the transactions in the quarter, uh, there was very few, but we did make one or two changes. And listeners who are interested in those uh, few changes can turn to the report for further
1: details. Tom, I'll pass it back to you for some comments on the Global Fund. Well, Scott, despite that strong loony that you talked about, which dampens down returns from foreign investments, the Global Equity Fund had just a superb quarter. It was up 14.2%. And over the last year, it's been up 5.5%. In a market, obviously, that had lots of downs and ups. Really, it was a market uh, in the the international arena where most stocks were up, and uh, our fund was no exception. We had to look pretty hard to find anything that was down, some of the uh, stocks that we added as we moved from defense to offense starting back in the fall of 2008, uh, those new stocks really paid off. Things like Badu.com, Samsung, Franklin Resources, Swedbanks, all names we've talked about in previous podcasts, really had terrific returns. The financial stocks, where we took a beating in 2007 and 2008, but have bounced back very strongly, UBS, HSBC, Teza, Bank of America, really providing good returns. So as I said, it was pretty broad-based. I guess where we sit today, we're seeing our Edinburgh partners, our manager, make a number of changes given the size the size and magnitude of the moves. I won't get into all of the details, but they've eliminated a number of stocks that went right up to full value or overvaluation and have been diversifying, redeploying that money into other stocks. Edinburgh's chief executive, Sandy Nairn, talked about last winter that the risk to investors was to not buy cheap equities when they were available. They're not feeling quite as bullish today. They don't think you can be a broad-brush buyer to the same extent. They have to be a little bit more selective. But having said that, they still are finding high-quality situations with good cash flow and profile and good balance sheets at reasonable multiples. So they're keeping the fund pretty fully invested, it's about 98% in stocks, 2% in cash. And the biggest industry weightings continue to be financials at 23% and information technology at 17 So, Scott, the Global Equity Fund has been a, a really superb performer through this. I'll leave it for you to finish up with the Small Cap Fund. Well,
0: we've painted a fairly rosy picture up to this point, but uh, I've got the challenge here of discussing the Small Cap Fund it has uh, definitely been the laggard in our lineup since the market turnaround earlier in the year. The fund produced a modest return of two percent in the quarter, which is quite insignificant compared to the small cap market overall, which was up over twenty percent. And over the past year, the fund is down thirteen percent, while the BMO Small Cap Index is up more than ten percent. So this marks a dramatic reversal from a year uh, or a year and a half ago, when the fund was considerably ahead of the market. And as we often mention, this dislocation from what the market is doing will, will happen quite frequently with this fund. So what's been happening of late? Well, the main reason for the stagnant returns is that the manager, Will Witherich, holds very few resource stocks in the portfolio in relation to the index, at least. Now that index, the BMO Small Cap Index, is made largely of these companies, uh, often referred to as the rocks and oil. They make up about 60 percent of that small cap index, and they've performed exceptionally well of late. A lot of them seen some huge rises in their share prices. Will also holds no financial stocks in the portfolio, which, is also, which have also performed well, and so that's her performance. What he does hold has clearly been out of favour. And similar to the equity fund, these are typically less cyclical companies. They include businesses like Stantec, the Northwest Company, and Canadian Helicopters, which all generate good cash flow and trade at reasonable valuations. But again, these fit more of the quality moniker, and they've been out of favor with investors. While he certainly realizes that he's got some catching up to do, Will isn't changing the way that he invests. He emphasizes his high level of comfort in his holdings by noting that none of them have had to raise cash over the past year, they've all been able to stay cash flow positive in the economic downturn, and they haven't lost their competitive edge. The one exception in the quarter was Genum which saw a steep decline in its revenues and was sold over concerns around its competitiveness. Major drilling was also sold in the quarter, but for a more positive reason. The stock had more than doubled from its March low, and it was starting to look expensive, so we'll st- Will sold the holding. We did add one stock to the fund as well, a company by the name of Medical Facilities, which we expand on further in the report for listeners interested in learning more about that company. Tom, I think
1: I'll close it there. I'll pass it back to you for some closing comments. Well, Scott, I might just add on the small cap fund, I said last quarter in our letter that it's a good time to buy Will Witherich when he's out of favor and and lagging behind the market, and I stand by that. Clearly he had a tough quarter this time around and, and has fallen behind some of the other small cap players, but... Uh, He will bounce back, and he'll typically be out of sync again sometime when he's going up and nobody else is. So, uh, we encourage our clients to hang in and and uh, even do like I'm doing and add a little bit more there. And Scott, I just want to really wrap up. You know, as as investors, we all look back. We don't have to go very far back to really March, and certainly the months before that, to remember that we were urging our our clients and other investors to get out from under the table. At least be constructive about their portfolio, do some rebalancing, or even add to equities if they have the gumption for it. But today we've had—we sit here—we've had a huge rally over 50% in the equity markets, and I guess the question is, where are we now? And and as we said in a, a recent blog posting, we kind of see ourselves as having moved into the middle—middle middle in terms of what the economic outlook is. Uh, I think it could go either way. We could have more recession or at least a very, very slow recovery, but we also could see uh, a bounce back and just have it continue on. So uh, I don't have a big call on that. I don't think you need to, but we're, we're back in the middle there. We're in the middle on valuation. Stocks aren't expensive, but they're certainly not as cheap as they were back in March. And then finally on sentiment, investor sentiment, which is very important. Uh, I think if we looked at the fear versus greed meter, the needle would be somewhere in the middle, bouncing around in the middle. So we think it's an environment where clients can still make very good returns. I do think in the economy we're in, we have to prepare, be prepared for a fairly broad range of possible outcomes. In other words, we could see markets come down. Again, we also could see further returns. I think there's there's potential for volatility. But we don't see a reason why a client or any investor should be very far from their long-term asset mix. We still think, in this kind of situation, that makes the most sense. So I want to thank everybody for listening. I'm Tom Bradley, joined here by Scott Ronalds. We look forward to having you join us for future Steady Hand podcasts.